0: You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Thanks for joining me again. Uh, It's nice to have Ryan here in the room with me. I'm not alone. I'm not not alone. So please forgive me. No, I'm not in love. Remember? I'm not in love. It was a 70s song. Uh, I hope you guys had a great week. Thank you for, uh, for, again, uh, supporting the show, listening to it, subscribing to it. And also, if you're listening for the first time and you're just a big Lance Bass fan, that's perfectly okay. But uh, please subscribe and follow us at, uh, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and at Inside of you Pod on the Twitter. By the way, uh, uh, William Shatner tweeted me. I saw. He tweeted me, he says, "Michael Rosenbaum, blah blah blah. Maybe you should." something about, you know, talking to this other fan that was tweeting, but he, he singled me out. And I go, William Shatner, well, if you say so, holy crap, one of my heroes here is Bill Shatner. <laughs> I go, well, maybe you come on the podcast. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I don't, I, don't book, I don't book podcasts. Well, I could have someone else book it for you, sir. I don't think. He's in his 80s. <laughs> he's, he's 90, I think. Is he 90? How old's Bill Shatner? All right, right now, everybody, guess a number. Guess a number. I'm going to tell you how old he is. I'm going to say he's 87. 85. Okay, what do you guys think out there? Here is the answer he just turned 89 years old fuck and i just saw him at a convention and uh we talked he's always reading uh you know i don't want to get into it really but i started to watch the vow on hbo max oh yeah and (laughs) i didn't really know anything you know obviously you know one of my co-stars allison was a a part of that and uh, it didn't go well to say the least but um I uh noticed in my Twitter feed it's it's a very provocative it's an insane story. And in fact, I when I was watching the first episode, you know, it's it became this this cult and a lot of dark shit happens. I'm not going to give it away. You should watch it. But um the first episode I'm like I could use that. I could use like self-esteem and all these th- certain things that I was like I could see, I could understand why people get into it. Yeah. And then unfortunately you know, yeah. shit goes on, and uh, bad people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just have so many questions, and and my point of this whole thing is, it, it's it's tragic. It's tragic. But when I was on Twitter, I noticed someone liked a tweet or said something, and I go, huh? Oh, I follow them. They follow me. Oh, I know this person. I've not for years. I just haven't. Mm-hmm. And I realize it's one of the main. Uh, people one of the main peoples people uh-huh. on the documentary and uh this person i said hey you know uh tell me to f off but i'd love to have you on the show and talk about you know talk about adversity mm-hmm. talk about i mean people were branded women were branded there were slaves and like all this cr- you know crazy shit have you seen it no oh and i really didn't know much about it but I'll get into it later because we have a guest coming on the show in a few weeks. I I feel like they're very brave. I mean, I don't think you get it. Most people, in fact, I would say 99% of people get into something, an organization because at that moment in time, that's what they need. And you don't think cult, you don't think that you think, no, these are just nice people who, Understand me, who I'm learning from. I'm not caught up in the bullshit world. You feel like you're somebody, you're something. It gives you, again, we'll talk Mm -hmm. to this person. So I understand. And then it falls apart and you're like, how did this happen? And uh, hopefully, luckily, you know, some people left early because they're like, something's weird. Something's Mm -hmm. not right. I'm getting the hell out. I won't name those people. But good for them for having that insight or that, um, what's the word? Uh, self-awareness maybe maybe self-awareness you're here for words but anyway that guest uh is coming on in a few weeks and you know talk about if you're going through anxiety and all that stuff boy this is a story that uh you should listen to and i'm very excited about this person coming on so there's that i want to thank all my patrons uh again without you guys where would i be all the listeners i noticed the subscriptions are getting higher on youtube that's so cool man Thank you all for doing that. Thank you for uh, watching our stage. It we just recorded uh, two days in a studio for our album, just very exciting stuff. And I, I appreciate all the support. Uh, Patreon, if you're not on Patreon, check it out patreon.com. It's on an app, but look in, in, inside of you on Patreon. Patreon, and uh, it's people who support the show on, a, on another level. And uh, there's a lot of goodies like inside of me. Mm-hmm. Where I uh, interview myself, I usually dress up as characters, and I always do, actually. I I don't have to, but I do it. I'm alone, and I like to dress up. I've been a female. I've been this Australian punk. I've been this country boy, clueless, whatever. I've been a woman. Anyway, and we do a lot of other fun stuff, and uh, the Inside of You merch store online, Inside of You online store we got new wine glasses. I have to give you a wine glass. Oh, really? It's a wine, stemless wine glass. I inside. love coming here and getting free shit. You do. I gave you towels. <laughs> we got towels. I gave, what else have I given you? The mask? You gave me the flip, uh, flip-flops? Mugs? Got, oh, don't, um, don't mugs. mention the flip-flops because oh, okay. I don't have those online. Those are I just a rare that. thing. Maybe I'll understand. put them online. I don't know. Mm. I just like stuff. I like merch. So uh, uh, there. There you go. All right. My guest today, you know him from one of the biggest bands of all time, NSYNC. He's a wonderful guy. I love him, he's super talented. He's got some great projects coming up. He's got his own podcast. I love hearing the stories about NSYNC. You're gonna like them. And he talks about coming out. He's very brave and um, we really, we get a little deep. So I think you're gonna like this. Let's, uh, let's check it out. Tell me if you, how you feel about it. Let's get inside of Lance Bass. It's my point of view. Listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. 99.5 WKDQ, we got Lance Bass here in the studio. I'm kidding. If I talk like that, would you please kiss him? (laughs) What's
1: up, Rosenbaum? How are you, dude? What's up? I mean, same stuff. Just... I haven't left this green couch in
0: about five months. Uh, I'm colorblind, but I assume it is green, isn't it?
1: It is. It's a nice lime green. <laughs>
0: Although I do see color. I mean, I can see colors. I just can't differentiate some. Um, okay. You are full of color. You've got roses on your shirt. Is that because you're talking to Rosenbaum today or what? Duh. Oh, my God. I
1: didn't think you would like put that together. But yes, this is my Rosenbaum shirt.
0: <laughs> you're a liar. You, you didn't think about it. You didn't think about me till you said five minutes ago, Lisa, what's next? Michael Rosenbaum who am I, I I'm not Jewish is that my not true. Is that a, it's
1: not, true. Is that you not know, true I look forward to talking to you every single time
0: well, it's been a long time
1: yeah I know we haven't like I haven't seen you in person in a, a while it's I haven't been a seen l- anyone in a while but yeah
0: have you been sitting on that green couch for the last five months?
1: yeah this is where I do my podcast right here so it's just every day
0: <laughs> Wow listen this is truth I want to talk truth today we we always talk yeah. truth on the show but do you I mean, look—you're you're a a fun guy. You're a nice guy. You're you're charitable, philanthropic. You're you know, talent, all that crap, right? All that crap. But like, sometimes I I I can like feel like I'm losing my mind. Like some days, I, you know, the other day there was no remember there was no there was no uh, internet, Mm -hmm. and I've been having problems with the internet. And I just it was one of those days, and I had to cancel. I hate canceling on people. It was like this isn't my fault. I always feel like I'm always on time. Have you felt any anxiousness where someone's been like, whether it's your husband or what, you know, do you say husband? Is that incorrect? I can say, yeah, Uh, that's that's correct. (laughs) Right. I I thought you were going to correct me. I was like, yeah, husband. Yeah. That's right. We've evolved a little, at least. Yeah. Husband is the word. Thank God. Yes. But does (laughs) he ever say, does he look at you and say, Lance, fuck off. You're going crazy Uh, right now.
1: Um, Not really. He is just the most easygoing person in the world. So it's really hard to piss him off. And it's, and I've tried for 10 years. Um, It just, he's just not that type of person, which is at first was hard to kind of get used to because my relationships. I always dated a lot of Brazilians. So it was very like
0: passionate (laughs) relationships. Right. And I always felt that, oh, well, in a real relationship,
1: you're supposed to fight hard, right? Make up hard. Um, Then when I met him, I realized, oh, wait, you don't have to fight to show that you love each other? Hmm, Interesting.
0: Now I want to hear about these fights with the Brazilian guys, like, Lance, why are you so, I don't know, boring? Why can't we go? I Terrible accent, but what what were those like? (laughs) Do you remember any of the past? Any fights that you were like, oh, my God? Oh, yeah.
1: It always stemmed from the same thing. Um, They would always just get jealous if I was like, you know, speaking to someone you know they all they always think that you're cheating on them that was it you're you're cheating on me like uh no so it was and the funny thing is they were the ones that were cheating
0: really (laughs) every time
1: oh yeah like every time yeah Uh,
0: and you never cheated you're not that guy
1: no i don't do that Uh, well i mean i don't i don't think i can you know being who i am like people are going to talk shit about me you know
0: right i mean geez, i can't i can't even imagine like you know, uh, the, so they were, it was all out of insecurity. It was all out of like, whatever it was right, passion. Right. that's all you knew. And now you come into a new relationship. How have you been married for what? Six years?
1: Uh, it'll be six in December. Yeah.
0: All right. And it's just like the extreme opposite of what you're used to mm-hmm. now. That's, that's important to, because it's, it's hard, especially me. Like, you know, I've been dating and this and that, and you always think this is my type. This is what I want. This is what I should have. I've always thought I should be with this type of girl. Yeah. Yeah. now now how hard is that? that's fu- that's hard to then just say this isn't working when when does that moment come about where you're like this hasn't been working i've got to try something new mm-hmm. was that yeah. what it was
1: oh yeah i mean for sure it, it wasn't even it wasn't a conscious thing i don't think i just think when it landed in my lap i started realizing a few months in, like oh this is different and in a really good way um, so you know, I was just—I wasn't—I wasn't used to it, and I've just never been in a relationship where everything was just always hunky dory. Did <laughs> it you question like it? Not real.
0: Did you question it like almost oh, like yeah. this is not who I should be with? I can't be with this guy. He's too mellow. He's uh-huh. too nice.
1: Oh, and at first I thought he was like faking it. So I'm like, okay, there's no way this guy can be like this nice and this easygoing. Like this is ridiculous. Like why, why is he lying to me? <laughs> but then you know, one, two, three, four, ten years later, you're like the same person so yeah it's just it's who he is
0: did you ever do things where you're like i want to get under his skin i want to get a rise out of him i want to see him flip his lid
1: oh yeah all the time especially early on in our relationship i wanted to kind of test those boundaries um, and annoy him a little bit just to see how he would react and i wouldn't get a reaction out of him so it made me stop
0: (laughs) when was the moment where you said all right you're for real (laughs) Mm-hmm.
1: It was very quickly. Yeah, I mean, uh, God, we moved in together probably like five months after we started dating. So it was around like the five month mark. We're like, yeah, this is this is my man.
0: Wow, I love and- that. It gives me hope. You know, it does give me hope. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's unbelievable how I think you have to sometimes. I mean, I, I go to therapy. I do all these things. I just, I, you know, you think you have a type, and then one day you're like, mm-hmm. "Well, that's just not working for me." Do, I, do I want to be alone no. for the rest of my life?
1: And I think we all tell ourselves, especially when we're young, like what my type is. You know, it's like describing your personality is like I'm the shy one. But then you start, you start feeling like you have to be that way, you know. And then in relationships, like, well, no, I'm attracted to Brazilians. So I can only date Brazilians. Like you just get in this like kind of rut of like. What people are expecting you to be. Um, and then you just kind of grow out of it at some point.
0: Was he a fan of yours? No, <laughs> definitely not. No,
1: He was he, I mean, if he were to choose backstreet or in sync, it'd probably be backstreet. Um, because his <laughs> sister was into it, his twin sister. So uh yeah, they did not grow up in sync fans.
0: <laughs> did he know the words to any of your songs? Or was it nothing? Nothing. No,
1: not at all. No. And you like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's refreshing for sure. Um, I mean, it doesn't bother me if someone liked my stuff, you know, before we met. Uh, But yeah, no, he was,
0: he was very removed from the whole in sync experience. And you believed it. You believed that he didn't, because I've had some, you know, I've, look, I I could give you bad examples where, you know, many years ago, I I haven't been to a club in 15 years, but my dog's barking, but that's just life because I'm quarantined and they're here. And that's what it is. But I've been in the, you know, I remember going to a club and some girl comes up to me and she's just drunk and she's like, I don't know who you are. I don't care. I don't mm-hmm. like, are you someone I should know? I, you know, <laughs> and I was just like, uh, why are you talking to me then? if I I mean, why, why go up to someone randomly? And it was just. Oh,
1: it used to happen to me all the time. And I love the ones. Yeah. And they're always like a little drunk or a lot of drunk. And they're like, hey, I don't recognize you. And I'm like okay. They're like, no, I don't, I don't know who, who are you? I'm like, why would you come up to someone and say, I don't recognize
0: you? <laughs> right. What right. Does that mean? Have you had, yeah. yeah. Have you had people come up to you? I've had this. I mean, I've had where they're just like, Oh my gosh, you, you look so much better on the show or a oh, movie.
1: Not only that, <laughs> I get, I get this. They're like, when I meet people in person, they're like, wow, you're like, you're better looking in person. Like, really better looking at person and i'm like oh okay i guess i look like hideous on television <laughs> I, I think
0: they're in their minds they're thinking they're i'm gonna go up to lance bass and i'm gonna say this and he's gonna be like oh not only was it uh, a nice thing to say because that's in their mind but uh, it was really honest which most people pro- i think a lot of people yeah. when they approach celebrities or whatever they think that they want to hear things that no one else will say. Like no one said this before, right? Lance, let me tell you something. And, and like, you're going to look at them and think, oh my God, I, this is, I, I need to be with this. I need to hang out with this person. This is, yeah, my we new need friend. to be
1: friends now because yeah, you're so different. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I, I look at all this stuff and you're just, you're so busy. I mean, you got the deli podcast with Lance Bash, you got the movie with Tristar. I, I'm only saying this part because I, I hope this is real because it just sounds really good. The movie that you have in development about two girls who won an RV on The Price is Right and followed InSync around on tour. That's a yeah. true story?
1: It is a true story, yeah. If you were an InSync fan, especially during our Pop Odyssey uh, tour days, um, yeah, these two girls that weren't even NSYNC fans. They were, you know, they were 21 years old, so they were a little too old to be, <laughs> to be NSYNC fans, Um they hatched a plan. Thought it'd be funny to, hey, let's go to the Price Is Right. One of us will win a Winnebago and enough money to be able to follow in sync on their stadium tour for three months. And the joke became reality. They, one of them, got on the show. She won a Winnebago. Like I don't know how she. I mean, how do you how do you know that you're gonna be have a chance to win a Winnebago? And it was the uh, the biggest prize ever given on the Price Is Right to date. Um, and yeah, and she won it and they followed us the whole entire summer. Uh, and it was just this amazing girls road trip, this kind of coming of age road trip that, you know, was hilarious because so much shit
0: happened. But how many times on this tour do you meet these girls or did you see them?
1: Um, we didn't know about it until the (laughs) last week of the tour. Uh, Um, we we had no, yeah, the fans knew because, you know, back in the day there was no social media. So the fans you know, the only way they had to have gas money to get to the next city um, was fans in AOL chat rooms. Would they would meet the fans in chat rooms, and then they would they would help them get to the next city. <laughs> so it was, but we didn't know this until the last week of tour. And I was watching TRL, and Carson Daly's on the Winnebago out in the parking lot in San Diego. And I'm watching this story. And I'm like, well, this is the coolest thing ever. So me and the boys go out to the Winnebago and say hello, and we.
0: Give them tickets oh. to the
1: rest of the shows, which we would have given them tickets to all the shows if we would have known this, but so we, we gave them tickets to the rest of the shows, and uh, it was just amazing. And I remember at that moment, this was, wow, 20 years ago, I remember thinking, this is the best movie oh, ever. Like, yeah. this would be, That's
0: what I thought. so
1: incredible. Yeah. And then, I've so I've been pitching it for 20 years, and no one would buy this thing. Um, so then I, you know, I just did a movie last year, uh, about Lou Prohmann, this documentary about Lou Perlman. And I think it was Variety or whoever was asking, what's your next project you want to do? I said, well, I always wanted to sell this RV movie. And I told him, you know, kind of the premise of it. And the chairman of Sony called me the next day. He's like, we're doing this movie. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's the fastest sell I've ever had. And he goes, but you don't understand why. He goes, one of the girls, they're called Winter Meredith. Um, was his nanny for the last few years. So he knew the story already. What? He knew this girl. Yeah.
0: What are the odds of that? I mean, it was
1: fate. It had to have happened. So, you know, immediately, Sony Troste, I was like, yep, this is it. We're doing now, this. Now, do and- you have
0: to get the rights from the girls? Because, I mean, it's, it's it's a story. It's their story. But you can't copyright an experience. You can, you can go to some party and go, oh, I remember when this guy drank 10 beers and then yeah. shit a beer can. I'm yeah. going to write a movie. Yeah. About- I don't know why that was the story. I just... But you could write about that and I go, hey, I shit that beer can. You can't steal my store. Happened to me. Can you do that? Did you go through the whole legal shit?
1: I mean, you can. Uh, you know, they're involved with us. We've actually, you know, become close, which is nice. Um, they're lovely, lovely girls. They haven't spoken to each other in years, but, you know, life, you know, sets you apart. But now they're really close again. They started their own Instagram account <laughs> about, you know, the, the RV girls. Um, but, yeah, you can, you know, how it is with you can option, you uh, A newspaper article. So, I mean, these girls are public domain because they were famous and, uh, you know, newspapers and magazines wrote about them. So you can actually legally get, you know, uh, go to the newspaper and say, "Okay, we want to option this article, you know, to write this story. Uh, But we didn't have to do that because we have the girls on board with us. So
0: also based that you say based on true events. And that's yes. Yeah, By the way, cool. where's the RV? Don't you want to know what happened to the RV? Uh,
1: the RV got sold. I don't know where it is, but the RV is sold. I would love to find out where that actually is, because it would be fun to use the real RV in the movie. Um, and this time, and now that it's 20 years later, we had to change the <laughs> what everything is. Right. Um, originally, it was just going to be the original story of these you know, 21-year-olds that did this. But uh, now we're going to place it in 2021 uh, where now the girls are 40 and now having this kind of like midlife crisis type situation. And they want to recapture their youth by doing this road trip again, because, you know, their favorite band, which probably won't be in sync in the movie um, has, you know, their walk of you know fame star ceremony. So this is their excuse to do it all over again.
0: But it could be cool if you got the boys together and they said you at this point in their lives, in sync, which I know everybody's asked you a million times wants to do the reunion tour. And they're like, Oh my God, it's our childhood dreams. We should do, you know, and then they, they go see the old, that's, I think there's more comedy. I didn't write the thing. This is your project.
1: No, I'm just, be great. I'm <laughs> just And I would love, cause my, my idea from the very beginning was, you know, I, I thought it was a little too cheesy to use real NSYNC. And plus, I mean, you know, boy band fans, they're, they're very loyal. So yeah. I don't even know if half the Backstreet fans would come see this movie just because it was about Sync, you know? So I think it's funnier to be in a fictitious world, and that way at the end of the movie you can really stunt cast that band when you finally see it with, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal and, like, all those kind of people. I think that would just be a
0: funnier bit at the end. I'm in. I I read that. I go, this is a great idea. There's no (laughs) funny movies out there. how many times do they, like, oh, exclusively on this? And it's like, you're watching, yeah. you're going, when is another funny movie? What's the last funny movie that you remember seeing? Honestly.
1: I mean, I, I like to rewatch movies. And the last one that actually made me laugh out loud was Three Amigos. You know, oh my <laughs> I've seen God. It, like 50 times, but like, I just love it. And then like, Behind you the jerk, like oh, one of yeah. the I just watched that the other day. Uh oh, yeah It's just it's incredible. I mean, I could watch yeah. Tommy
0: Boy and I could watch uh you know the old Sandler movies, like you know, the happy Gilmores yeah. and the things and the uh, anything with Kristen Wig. I could and watch I
1: actually I loved uh Sandler's new movie, uh with Jennifer Anderson. I thought
0: that was really like, I didn't say that. What really is that? Funny.
1: Yeah, it's on Netflix, I think, or Hulu.
0: Really? Uh, Mm-hmm. I should check that out.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, I loved. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was silly and fun.
0: But look at this. You have a, a new line of drink mixers. You have a a partner with Prosecco trailer called Bubble Tab Trailer. You have a food home line with QVC. Let me ask you this. The, the, this makes me think two one of two things. One, you just love being busy. You're an entrepreneur. You love to just create. You love to have income coming in. Have the fun of doing all these things. Or you lost all your money in InSync. You have nothing left and you're starting an empire all over again.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, it's definitely the first one. Uh, You know, it's, uh, you know, a lot of my projects don't make money. So it's not, it's definitely not about the income coming in. Um, All my businesses that were launching this year, it really hurt. Um, You know, 2020 was going to be a huge year for LVP, Lance Fast Productions. Um, We were launching Virgin Fest uh, with Sir Richard Branson in June, which is going to be an incredible music festival when we are able to do it, but it's postponed. Um, The mixer line I was coming out with is now completely changed. Uh, We had to rebrand the whole entire thing, and that'll be coming out hopefully by the end of the year. Um, So, uh, And then the Bubble Tap trailer, of course, because of COVID, is not running right now. So all of my businesses are kind of dormant right now, um, except the podcast and the writing of this movie right now. And then there's another TV show that I'm doing um that we're writing right
0: now too. So you like keeping busy. You don't you you're not one of those yeah. if you have too much time on your hands. Oh, it's the worst. What happens to you?
1: I, I usually get sick. Yeah. If I if I if I get downtime, like I start kind of shutting down. It's very strange. But I've been that way since I was, you know, a kid. I joined in sync when I was 16. And I mean your schedule was just like bam bam. So you get used to this life of if you don't have something going on every minute, you feel like you're being lazy, um, that you're not working. So, you know, after NSYNC, I just kind of kept that schedule and always, you know, my, my brain doesn't stop creating things. So with TV and film, like, it's just like constantly just creating stuff. So it doesn't stop. So I needed to put that into, you know, a good outlet.
0: I mean, aren't you fatigued with all the work that you do constantly doing things? I always look at this and I'm like, I, I don't like, honestly, I don't like, I look at some careers who, who have millions and millions of dollars and mansions and jets. And I'm like, not for a million years. I don't want that life. I don't want to work this movie into another movie, into a show, into this, into that. I I don't know how people do that. Now, what what, do you – and you have to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I'm trying to get to a point where I don't have to be that crazy. You know, I always said at 40 I wanted to kind of semi-retire from in front of the camera, you know, and really focus on being behind the camera. And that's what I'm kind of parlaying into right now is, you know, I I don't want to have to constantly be like – you know, getting jobs on TV just to keep, you know, relevant or whatever. I just want to be behind the scenes, write and produce great things, help other people out and enjoy life. Actually, you know, enjoy vacations and, and having some time off. And we're starting a family now. So I just want to focus on kids. Um, and, you know, and I've been working so hard just to get to that level. Um, so that's why 2020 was really depressing because all of these projects were finally going to launch and then all I had to do was manage them. Um and unfortunately that's delayed
0: now. But starting starting a family. You Mm -hmm. you want to have kids. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, we've been how old are you now?
1: I'm 41.
0: Oh, you're young. You're young.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm young. Um, but I always said to myself, look, you know, I wanted a kid by 40. Like, you know, it's like if I'm gonna have kids, like 40's the age, you know, you don't want to be too old of a grandparent and all that type of stuff. Um So yeah, I, and Michael wants kids.
0: You're both on the same page.
1: Oh yeah. we I mean, that was one of the reasons I knew I was going to marry him because we, we both wanted to have kids, you know, um, early on in our relationship. So then, yeah, just time kind of gets away. And then we started, you know, this IVF process about three years ago. Um, and it's just been not a great experience. I mean, I know a lot of people have a lot of failed IVF uh, experiences, but ours is just And so we've gone through so many donors and now so many surrogates. It's just been such a process. And, you know, last year we were pregnant for, you know, a few weeks and unfortunately lost uh, both of them. Uh, And so now we've made our embryos again. And now we're waiting for a surrogate. Uh, we got to find another surrogate in order to get pregnant because we were supposed to be pregnant last week. (laughs) And then our surrogate, unfortunately, found a medical issue that she can't carry the kids. So uh, we got to start all over again. It's been stressful.
0: I'm sorry. That sucks. But you know what? You know, it's going to happen. Just know it's going to happen. And maybe with all the shit that's going on, maybe it'll be a nice Christmas surprise or Hanukkah. Who
1: knows? I mean, I hope so. And no, And worst case, if it doesn't work this time, I mean, we want to adopt anyway, so we'll just immediately go into adoption.
0: Inside of You is brought to you by Netflix. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy. Great, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Friday, May 3rd, only on Netflix. Inside of You is brought to you by Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. This is an amazing platform. I use it on both podcasts. It has worked wonders for me. It's so amazing how easy it is to navigate. If you wanna sell products, t-shirts, soap scents, whatever whatever it is, Ryan, you wanna sell, this is the way to do it. Uh, you can see what your best seller is right there, analytics, uh, how much you're making this month, uh, what products are selling the best, It's really fantastic from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to to the, did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering
1: outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere.
0: all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com slash inside all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside you're going to be a good dad
1: i hope so i had great parents um no
0: yeah go ahead no continue
1: yeah i mean i just uh i just i've always wanted to be a dad you know i I just i want to help make i don't know like human beings that are just that have empathy and i want to do good for the world you know i feel like i have to combat all this crazy just ignorant people being born with like, smart people it's not the ignorant people
0: being born it's the ignorant parents giving birth to those kids uh, you're not born ignorant i think you know yeah. it's it's like you if you, you're a product of your own environment you know you're yeah. raised if your parents are fighting and hitting each other and drinking you're in trouble if they're talking if they're saying racial slurs and this and that what's going to happen to you nine times out of ten you become the racist of course Very few people yeah. get out of that break that uh so, yeah, that's, it, it, I think the kid's in good hands is what I'll say. Yeah, you know? I hope so. But you said your parents were good parents. Now, I was thinking about that because they were conservative, probably went to church a lot, religious, right? So the first thing that I think of is when Lance comes out, most people, it's a shame, but they hold on to it for many, many more years or they keep it from their parents because they're like, they, you don't understand, you don't understand my mom, you don't understand my dad. Yeah. They would just, was, it, was it like that or not at all with you?
1: Yeah, we, uh, I mean, most of us gay people, we stay in the closet because of our families. I mean, that is, that's the number one reason that we're too embarrassed to, you know, tell our families, um, cause we just don't want to disappoint them. And coming from a place where I came from in Mississippi, you know, it was, it was a taboo. Like no, not one person in my high school was gay, you know, of course there were, but like right. no one ever admitted it. Um, and even today it's still a really hard place to admit that you're gay. I mean, it's getting better and the younger generations are are fine, but that older generation still holds on to this hatefulness of uh, the gay community. So coming out to my family was, you know, it scared me. Um, My friends knew I was gay. I was already on boyfriend number three before I came out to my parents. Because I wanted, when they knew about me, I wanted to make sure that I was in this like really great relationship to show them that this is about love. This isn't about sex. This is about love. Um, and I thought that'd be a way easier way to kind of express who I was, um, by letting them meet, you know, the love of my life. Um, and I didn't know what to expect. Um, and when I, you know, when they found out, uh, I, I knew that they would be supportive, you know, in a way, but I didn't know they would be that supportive. Um, you know, my mom, it took her a couple of days to be able to like, you know, catch your breath to be able to talk about it because it just surprised them. I'm like, really? Did it really surprise you? (laughs) I I thought it was a little obvious, but I mean, moms just, they don't, they don't see it. Parents have the
0: blinders on. They're not, my kid's perfect. My kid's beautiful. My kid's there. And you are. And they have
1: their own, they have their vision for you. So, you know, my mom had the person I was going to marry, what the kids were going to be like. I mean, they, they have this vision of what your life is going to be. And then, you know, you're about to destroy that vision for them. So, you know, I can see them kind of like, man. And then the other thing was my mom was so upset uh, the first couple of days, not because I was gay, but she was upset that the world was going to hate her son. Like she immediately was like half the world is going to hate my son now. And she does not want that. You know, no, no parent wants that for their kid. So that's the disappointment I think you see in a lot of families of. Um, It's not they're embarrassed or mad that their kid's gay, but they just hate how the world is going to treat them. And they don't want that.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's heavy. That's heavy. Cause you think about thinking the half of the world is going to hate my son. And the reality is and my dad,
1: the fun thing is like my dad who I thought, you know, he's very conservative, like very quiet. And I thought he would be the one with the issue. Um, But he was the first to be like, well, are you being safe? Like, yeah, he goes, fine by me like it was just so nonchalant like what uh it was very and i mean my my whole family they're they're all trump supporter like very wow. conservative yeah um yeah but they were super do you supportive.
0: argue with them at this point uh not anymore what's the point you know, what's the for point? A while
1: well, for a while there i thought i could educate people you know because one, I,
0: I hate politics, but as a gay man, you got to be political. And, you know, and I have just become political because I just feel like there's a lot of things that need to be helped in this planet environment, whatever, LGBT
1: rights, it's, you know, it's scary. Um, so, yeah, I I wanted just to, I don't know, educate them and like or at least understand why they still support someone like that. And it just got hated too much. Like there was just too much... I don't know. They, it's, it's hard for someone that follows Trump to defend him. Right. I mean, you can't really defend what he's doing. So in defending, they get defensive and then they start it getting goes angry nowhere. Right, right. and then they start saying, well, you live in this little, little bubble of Hollywood yeah. and you don't know what's really happening in the world. And like, or yeah, you're in the little small bubble in little town Mississippi that doesn't know anything about the world. Like which one makes more sense, right. you know? And, and you try to do it in a respectful way, but there's when people aren't hearing what they want to hear, they're not taking it as a respectful way. They think that that you're judging them that you're yelling at them and that you think they're stupid. Cause I hear that a lot. They're like, you just think I'm stupid. And I'm like, no, I'm not calling you stupid. I'm saying, yeah, you might be, have some ignorant thoughts, but ignorance is not a bad thing. Like we're all ignorant to. Oh yeah. I'm an
0: idiot. Oh yeah.
1: We're ignorant to most things. Um, So we have to learn and be willing to, you know, learn about other things, but these supporters, they don't, they don't want to learn anything. They have their own
0: mindset. Well, you know what? I, I think it's, it really comes down to like one or two issues. It's like, honestly, if Trump was anti, uh, anti abortion or a pro abortion, Pro women's rights, let's call it, not pro abortion. Let's say women's rights and pro, and women should choose or whatever. You know how many millions of people then would probably vote? I'm not saying there's like two things there's abortion, maybe,
1: and I found the two things. I found the two things because I interview a lot of people who are I'm they? very interested in all that. And here are the top two reasons why, especially Southern conservatives,
0: support. Trump and the Republican platform. Number one, abortion.
1: That is uh, it. That's... Abortion, abortion, abortion. You're killing children. How could I ever support a team that wants to kill children? You know, and they don't. They don't get educated on why it's not killing children. And if you have Planned Parenthood, it's actually saves. You know, like there's less abortions right. with Planned Parenthood. Well, by the way, so if your ultimate yeah. how's that? Go. I was just go ahead. Go ahead. All right. but the, if your ultimate goal is to have the least amount of abortions, then we need to tackle that and make it, you know, where people don't get pregnant the first time and that's your Planned Parenthood and all that. And then the number two that I keep hearing um, is because he wants to bring prayer back to schools. So it's prayer in schools and abortion. And then I tell them like, well, you do know it is not illegal to pray in school and to have prayer groups and all that. Like they, people think that it's illegal. To bring a Bible on campus, to pray on campus. They're just so, uh, it's this, there's all this misinformation out there. So, yeah. one main thing that they're holding on to, why they stick with this party, is just, it's just a lie. It's a complete lie.
0: Yeah. Well, um, there we go, talking about politics. I know, I, I know. The... And
1: on my show, too, like we're political free shows. I don't do like it. Pop culture. And then all of a sudden we get into it, we're like, damn it, we got into politics again.
0: Yeah uh let me ask you this do you think your mother and father absolutely for a time did you and did you think this do you think they looked at you differently even though they said they accept you and all these things did you still feel like they're still judging me i could feel it or family members or things even though they said no we love you lance we're in
1: no they all think and it's not the gay thing it's it's the the hollywood thing you know they they think I am so crazy, and everything that I believe in is just so off the wall and like crazy that they they feel bad for me. Like my whole entire my Mississippi family, like, oh, I mean he's he's going crazy. Like he believes all this shit. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's really it's hard.
0: <laughs> my gosh! But the boys, the uh, the guys in the band, they were all cool with it, right?
1: Oh God, yeah. And the guys, I mean, they knew. They all kind of they assumed, uh, you know. Um, so they were not surprised, you know, when I came out, um, and super supportive. I mean, they've one of the, I remember being in the group and obviously I knew I was gay my whole life. So, you know, it was scary to, you know, have to talk to your new best friends about relationships and all that type of stuff. So I knew that at some point they were going to find out because I wasn't really dating girls and I wasn't having sex, you know, with fans and all that type of stuff. So, uh. Yeah, it was, but I also knew that they would be very
0: accepting because of just how they interacted with the gay people that we would interact
1: with, you know? We're in the entertainment business, so our choreographers, our makeup people, like all that. And so I knew the love they had for LGBT, so I knew that it would never be an issue if they ever
0: found out. Do you think guys, like straight guys or girls, do you think there's this sort of, when they're around a gay guy or maybe even a black guy, I'm getting I'm getting to the point here. Do you feel like they sort of put something on where it's like for instance, I've been around some of my black friends and someone will come along and all of a sudden I'm like the white guy is going Oh yeah, man! No, totally, man. Yeah, see, what see what you're saying, man. Yeah. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck are you talking like that for? Well, because you're uh, around a black guy. Did people do that with maybe a gay man? Like, oh, I know, right? And all of a sudden they're yeah. acting like they think that's the stereotype. Do, do you ever get that? Where you're like, what the fuck is this?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I definitely feel it more with the black community when I'm around black friends and everyone starts, you know, <laughs> just getting into the culture. You know? <laughs> right. Um, it's kind of like Madonna living in England. Now she has a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, just happens. Y'all. <laughs> oh. but with this, yeah, I haven't seen that too much around me. But I do get a little more like yas queens from like straight people, which I don't know if that's you know been in many people's vocabulary the last few years. But I get a lot of yas queens.
0: Right. I mean, I think maybe it's also like trying to fit in in their minds, trying to say I appreciate you, I, right. I'm here, I like you. I I don't know what it is. I don't think it's like saying fuck you yeah. look what i'm it's just i notice those things right you always yeah. i could tell and my black friends would notice he's like did you hear how he was talking to me i'm like yeah, yeah man you should say <laughs> something he's like now you're talking to me like that mm-hmm. don't say mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Roosevelt. don't talk yeah. but um you know when you you had all the guys on it was a 20-year reunion uh thing right you just had that in march was yeah. that easy to get all the guys to say yes to come on the show
1: yeah definitely um you know it was we talk every week all all five all of you um, Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and this quarantine has kind of brought us even closer because, you know, you're, you spend more time, you know, in your group texts and all that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when I wanted to do something special for the anniversary, um, uh, I, I called the guys I'm like, Hey, let me just do one-on-one hard hitting interviews with each one of you individually. Cause I haven't been able to do that. As long as I've been hosting radio and all that, I've never interviewed all, all four guys before um and so it was It was very special it went very long i felt i mean there was i think justin's interview went for an hour and a half um, that's was, uh that's not long have you heard some
0: of these interviews some people have three hours rogan three hours i'm like i i want this to be an hour i'm looking at the clock now i go i i could talk to lance forever but like An hour, hour and 15. That's like, that's the, I don't want to talk that long. I can't. Yeah.
1: This day and age people like, you know, small bites. I mean, even an hour is too long for people, but yeah, I like it. I like to keep my show under an hour. Um, but it's so difficult when you have a great guest. Yeah. Like Danny Trejo was on my show this weekend and he's just, he has such incredible stories and he has such a colorful life like it just went on forever because I couldn't stop. I could not talk about some of the things I wanted to talk about. So I, I mean, have
0: to interview him. You know, I met him a couple of times. He's like, Hey man, take my number. And then I was like, okay, no. but I never called him. I think I still have Danny. He, he, he won't he's even remember guy. me.
1: But let me, and he's, you yeah. know, he has tacos and donuts. Too. Oh yeah. He I've,
0: I've eaten them. You know, the, 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 you go way back. You remember, I remember hearing, you know, you were really upset. You were crushed. You were devastated when Justin like left and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And then you rekindled and you were fine and everything's great. Right. In a nutshell.
1: Oh, yeah. Me and the guys were never on bad terms at all. It's just, you know, life goes on and you, you know, you have more interest and you have to focus on your careers. And it's great. Uh, The thing I was most disappointed in was not just Justin leaving the band. um, It's that our whole team, our record label, our management, everything like that. They all knew. They all knew it was it was over for three years. And you didn't know. Before they told me. And so for three years I'm sitting there getting ready for a new album as everyone else knows we're moving on. And so I didn't get, I turned down, you know, I had a, a sitcom I was doing, had to turn it down. Uh, I mean, that's all kinds of stuff that I really wanted to do and focus on, but I knew I couldn't because you know, I'm my first uh. in sync. Like this is my life.
0: You could have been writing, you could have been doing well. I mean, you were sure you're writing, but you could have been like doing other, you know, going out and-
1: Yeah, it would have been nice to kind of, you know, set up a little better before, you know, going out solo.
0: Were you guys, I mean, you had to get annoyed. I, I get annoyed with my brother all the time when you're on the road together. Who was the one guy that you were just like, oh my God, fuck off. I mean, there had to be those moments where you're like, you can't love, you Dove. everybody. You had to get little things were like- Oh
1: yeah. Well, that's the thing with, you know, with us, and that's why we're so close, we're brothers. I mean, we love each other. We hate each other. Every single emotion comes out when you're in a brother relationship. Um, so, the, yeah, many times. That, the good thing about us is if we fight, we make up very quickly. Like, we we kind of forget things because I think we're just guys, but, like, just we we don't hold on to things too much. But the one
0: that would always uh, make my eyes roll would uh, would be Chris Kirkpatrick in interviews uh, because
1: Chris, you know, he's very animated and he's funny and he's always cracking a joke. But when someone is always cracking the joke in every single interview, interview like that you do 20 a day and there's five guys your days get long and long and long so there'll be many times I'm like just shut up like just answer the questions so we can move on because we're so tired right now so he would always, yeah, make all our interviews at least double the
0: time. What was the biggest blowout you could remember where all five of you were just like, fuck off, I don't give a shit, fuck, I'm with him, you're with it." that you're just going, what I know, we, we never had that
1: situation. I don't even think we had the time to have that situation. Not one. Had that. No, I mean, we never, <laughs> I remember this one time, the, the biggest fight I ever saw, um, you couldn't even call it a real fight. We were in Miami doing Challenge for the Children, our, our charity. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Great place basketball for a fight. Game that we do. <laughs> and, uh, we were getting ready. We were so tired cause we had been out the night before and it's just like a whole three day event. And, um, we have to do press the next morning. So we're all up in the hotel room and we're all meeting there and then we're going to go down and do all the press. Um, and then joy was late. Like he was about 15 minutes late, you know, we're all tired. We're like, all right. And they had sent food, you know, from room service. in, so we had all this room service food, like burgers and all that type of stuff. We're eating and Joey had ordered a burger. Um, well, Justin, as a joke, took the burger, and took a huge bite of it and put it back, right? <laughs> Holy moly. There was something up Joey's butt that day because when he came in and he saw someone bit his hamburger, he was like, not doing it. And he like protested, I, I'm not leaving here until I get the new burger. <laughs> it was like, it was so funny. I've never seen Joey get so upset about something like that, but you can tell he was probably tired or something, and he was just over it at that moment. He's like, Nope, it is the, it, you know, I'm going to stand on this ground and I am not leaving here until a burger gets here. But, so and who, so we yeah. always, we make fun of him all the time for that outburst. All
0: the time. Does anybody, did anybody then go, Come on, dude, no, seriously, dude, it's a fucking burger, come on. Did it yeah, start of getting we heated? Are.
1: We're like, You're really gonna make it no, this hour. is
0: disrespect. Somebody ate my burger. <laughs> I u- fucked it. That's how it happened. It just blew oh, up. so funny. At a it's charity such a event. Name. Have you ever dealt with uh, anxiety, depression? You get all that stuff. I mean, is on the road doing these things. Do you find yourself yeah, all of a sudden what's happening in my body?
1: I, I mean, I think we all get anxieties in certain ways. Um, I wouldn't call myself an anxious person. Uh, my husband is. So I, I now dating him has really, uh, really educated me on people with anxiety because I always thought that I had anxiety. Oh no, 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 no. When someone really has it, it's crippling and my husband's very, uh, very anxious. Um, and you know, it's, it took me a while to kind of get used to and, and realize how to deal with that. Um, but yeah, the only, I mean, I don't know if I get too anxious, uh, on anything. I mean, I do get like excited, nervous before I go out on a stage, but I I love that anxious feeling. Like it gives me I don't know. I think I feel like I would do. You know, a better performance if I'm a little nervous.
0: You don't get that tired, kind of. Oh my god, I'm so nervous. I'm exhausted now. This adrenaline's making me tired. No, no, not at all. No,
1: I my yeah, my energy levels are definitely off the charts. Still,
0: still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. Well, do, what about like depression? Do you ever like? Are you one of those guys? Like, I all of a sudden, I, if I, my mind can wander, you know, it could. It, 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 I could sit there and go, "You're a fucking disgrace." Why the fuck did you do that? Why You're such a loser. Do you ever go down that?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've I've been dealing with depression for the last 15 years. Um, And again, I think everyone has a level of depression that they always are having to deal with. Um, But I think my depression was definitely an onset of a couple of things. You know, having to come out so publicly, you know, was very scary. Um, But then also... um, I... Wait, okay. So what, what was I just saying for that?
0: Well, you're talking <laughs> about, you know, you, you know, you have that good anxious feeling when you were on stage and then you were saying, you know, the depression you've had for 15 years because yeah. you know, you came I, yeah, out. that's what
1: I was thinking. So, I mean, depression for entertainers, I think is a whole different level. Um, I think if you, if you're in the business and you have a certain level of success, I think anyone's going to get depressed after that kind of goes down. Right. Sure. Cause you're, you're like in this weird zeitgeist of this like instinct world where every hour is booked and everything you do is successful and like, it's just, your life is wonderful. Right. And then all that stops. And then you don't know what to do. You're like, wait. And so you go in this depression of, yeah. okay, no one likes me. What am I supposed to do? When how am I like, what do people want me to do? And, and then trying to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, you get more and more depressed. Cause you feel like just no one
0: cares about you. Like what's my purpose? Like, what am I supposed to do as part of this? Yeah. And then, well, obviously you've changed that. Look at you. I mean, if you think about that, and I think that's the one thing where, you know, you have to look now and say, you know, that was, that was like winning the lottery. It's like getting a huge yeah. TV show or whatever you win the lottery. Chances are, you're not going to win the lottery again. You're not going to win a Winnebago again. You know, yeah, these girls no, are not going to no. win. A, so no, it's not. W- when you have that kind of success, and mm-hmm. then I guess you start to grow up and you start to find what really makes me tick. And then that's what you did. That was sort of like your journey. It's like, Oh my God, what do I do next? And then now you see all these things lined up and these things that you're doing and you know, you get married and you want to have kids. And it's just like, I wish that I, maybe some of that unnecessary depression or anxiety that I have would just be, if I could have a glimpse of the future, see, see, it's okay. It worked out. Yeah. Why do you, but last question before I just do, a... this is a speed round with a, a, a Patreon My patrons have shit talking questions for Lance and that will be quick. But this is always something I thought of when, uh, you know, I'm not gay as of right now. But, you know, if I were, and certainly sexuality is questioned because in high school, people will say, you're a fag or, oh, you're a homo, especially in Indiana where I grew up, people say these things. And there's like, oh, yeah, Rosenbaum, Rosie Palm, he jerks off, he's gay. And so I didn't know anything. So I, 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 there wasn't an in the internet. No one was teaching me. So I go, Oh, wow. I do play with myself. I guess maybe I am gay. Is that what they're saying? So what I'm trying to say to you is, did you ever feel like you had to be part of the ignorance by saying words that you would not That almost were the, really directed at you hurtful things that you'd say? Yeah. You'd say the, uh, by, by the way, sorry for saying the F word, but I was kind of saying like what people said to me, but do you, yeah. do you, did no, you, No, it's
1: true? I mean, especially, you know, when junior high and high school, You know, you go along with those gay jokes because you didn't want anyone to find out who you are. So I would definitely repeat those gay jokes just to make it seem like, you know, I'm definitely not gay. So, yeah, you'd have to, I guess, self-preserve as much as you thought you should be doing.
0: Yeah. And I also think, you know, some guys like you, you dated girls, you had sex with women, right? How do you do yeah. that? Like, I, I don't, like, you know what I mean? Like, how mm-hmm. how can you have sex with something you're not attracted to?
1: I know, well, I mean, the things that you'll make yourself do just to be accepted. I mean, that's that's what, I mean, so many gay people have to do. Because uh, one, you feel like your life would be in danger if you didn't do this. Like, I mean, you literally thought that someone's going to murder you if they found out you were gay. So, you know, the things that you, you know put yourself through, yes, I had girlfriends. Um, you know, yes, I would have sex with girls, but... I always tell people because I'm like, Wow, could you do that now? I don't think I don't think I could ever be with a woman. Like I just I'm not attracted to women, and That's I don't it. think I could physically be with a woman. But when you're eighteen, you know, you can do anything. So it was a lot easier mm. when you're a teenager to pretend you're straight. Uh, but now at forty one, I'd be like, she's gonna know that I'm not into this.
0: But you think <laughs> oh, of something else while you're having sex. You're obviously thinking of a guy, right?
1: Um, no, actually. Wow, really? Um, it was always the thing that like excited me was seeing her get excited, like being turned
0: on and everything. Oh. So like that that you know excited me. It wasn't anything. Uh, yeah, like I would never think of penises and all that type of stuff. But uh, but yeah, it was it was just.
1: I liked the idea that I was pleasuring someone.
0: I still think you're that person. You're 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 not selfish. You're thinking of their pleasure.
1: <laughs> sure, yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> take care of yourself sometimes. I'll All right with that. Yeah. This is called shit talking questions, then we'll be done. This is great. Shit talking. These are my patrons who are just amazing uh folks. And they have some questions. I'm just gonna throw uh, rapid fire. All right. Okay. Janelle Betancourt, what's your uh, go-to karaoke song?
1: Um Friends in Low Places, Garth Brooks. Really? Oh yeah, it is the biggest crowd pleaser at karaoke. One, I hate karaoke. Um, it public karaoke. Like if you go to Cats Meow in New Orleans, you'll never see me on that stage. Like noop, <laughs> noop. Um private karaoke, love it. When you get your own room, it's awesome. Love that. But I will never sing in front of strangers at karaoke.
0: Well, you're a bass, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So Yeah,
1: that's another thing. It's hard to find bassy songs in karaoke. And somewhere. that
0: opens with one, right? So how does that go?
1: Blame it all on your roots. I showed up in boost yeah, in your black tie fair. Yeah, and you go, and low places see? where the whiskey drowns and the beer chases my blues mm-hmm. away. And I, I just love country music know. too.
0: Oh, uh, me too. I do like country. I do like some old country, Ronnie Millsap, some Eddie Rabbit. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lisa Williams, little Lisa, what was your favorite thing and least favorite thing about touring when you were with sync?
1: Um, my favorite thing was. Having my friends and family out on the road at times, and you know, have all these really fun road trip adventures with your high school friends. Um, I was, I love being able to share my experience with my best friends because uh, they just had, you know, we were 19 years old. So, like, you know, everyone was having so much fun on the road, and you could be stupid. And, you know, it was such an innocent time back then. Um, and then the least favorite thing was just being tired all the time. Uh-huh. I mean, you just, you were always so tired being
0: on the road who fucked up the most in terms of the notes you're like dude you didn't hit that note you are at fuck you're out of sync who did that
1: <laughs> i mean we all definitely hold our ground uh but i mean of course everyone's gonna have those crazy off notes um we've all had them especially when you know you'll be on a tv show and they're like all sperm on they're like sing a little acapella and you're like well crap because Obviously, all the mics are going to be different, you know.
0: Right. You
1: know, loudnesses and stuff. So it's not going to sound that great. So those were always like, we hated, we hated being surprised by uh, by singing acapellas because we knew it wasn't going to sound as great if we were all on separate mics.
0: Raj, which member of the band was hooking up the most while you guys were on tour? If you're uncomfortable naming names, which you won't be, just describe (laughs) their hairstyle in 1999. I'll figure it out.
1: Well, it definitely wasn't me. That is for sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, during most of the instinct run, the guys were all pretty much in like serious relationships. So no one really we weren't that kind of rock star lifestyle where like, you were, you know, taking a fan home every night. Like it just we never I never saw drugs on the road. I never you know it was just we were we were a very innocent band, sadly, because I think we could have had a lot more fun. But we had a lot of parental types around us from the record label management. know they really kept us reined in um a lot so yeah there was and there was just really no time like there was no time to date so how are you supposed to just kind of like find a girl that you saw at a concert and then go home because you're on the road the next like before the music even stops on tour you're on the bus going (laughs) to the next city like you're not staying
0: there raj the short answer is jc and uh justin
1: (laughs) i Uh, wish it was jc (laughs) jc was too much of a prude though
0: (laughs) uh myisha love says you've got your own podcast the daily pop a with lance bass so you have mr rosenbaum as a guest i had to read it you
1: better believe it
0: hell yeah i was was on your other your podcast oh yeah years ago um the
1: dirty pop Mm -hmm. the
0: dirty pop a long time ago oh yeah all right this one is the last question and this i'm glad it's the last question because i this is why i sort of text you about this uh, Todd the 206 geek is, is it true you tried to purchase the Brady Bunch house but HD TV sniped it out from under you
1: that is true yes um I had this you know one of my TV shows I wanted to do was this show where you take iconic homes from film and television and you redo them you know and like put them back on the market whatever um so I always knew if the Brady Bunch ever came for sale I was going to do this show so uh you know it you know went up for sale I'm like I got this I'm doing it so you know we started this amazing bidding war with Miley Cyrus and all these other people like it was a kind of a fun event right um and I called HGTV and I was like hey you know if I get this house I want to do a show on HGTV where we you know redo these houses all that type of stuff. Oh. Well that was a mistake because guess what <laughs> after two weeks of bidding and the real estate agent calls and he's like, Congratulations, you got the house. Like, you have the winning bid. And we're like, Woohoo, this is amazing. We celebrate. I tweeted, I'm like, I'm going to do the Brady house, blah, blah, blah. Um, the next day, they call and they're like, Oh, sorry. HGTV has called and said that they're just going to give us whatever money we want. Like, well, they'll outbid anyone. So I was like, Well, why did we have a bidding war for two weeks and spending a lot of money on lawyers doing bidding for two weeks when you're just going to give it to a network at the end? Oh. They were using us. put up the price because they knew you should have i hope
0: you sued those bastards that's terrible
1: what can you do i mean it's not technically illegal so
0: so you didn't watch when they redid the house did you even watch that or you're like fuck them
1: i did actually um because hgtv wanted me to play nice because when the fans found out that they stole it they got a lot of heat and people were like boycotting the show already they're like we are never watch the show so they called me. They're like, we would love you to be involved. You know, like, cause you're like, you can at least produce the show with us. I was like, fine, I'll help produce it. That never happened. They were just basically lying to me to get me out of the way and not talk shit about them. Um, and then they did let me do, um, I got to tour the house with Michael. Oh. Um, and it was incredible. Oh, oh my gosh,
0: dream. Like,
1: it was, it was incredible. So we got to tour the whole house and we did the behind the scenes type of stuff for their, uh, their website and all that. But it was, it, they did a really spectacular job. Can
0: you still, can you actually, I, I would die. I, I honestly, I would do anything. I would donate whatever to charity. If you could somehow get me a private tour of that house.
1: Oh, that can happen. Yeah. I'm look, I'm still trying to buy the house. Cause HTTV still doesn't know what they want to do with the house. And I'm like, why would it work on a house? Like sell it to me. Like let's like, why, why would you want to hold on to this house? Like give it to someone that really wants this house.
0: Uh, well, you know what? Why don't we come up with a sitcom and it could just have all the Brady Bunch furniture and the house and the inside and we just do our own show. I'm like, why Why are all this furniture 60 years old? I don't know. Okay. We, never, we never talk about it. it. I love it. Oh, my God. Well, hey, man, this is I, – I, honestly, this is the, the easiest, quickest back and forth. I mean, I'll ask, I'll ask my listeners, but uh, this has been great. I mean, we got so much – we talked about so much, and it was in an hour. Look at there. We made the hour. I, I love, love I love seeing you. I think you look fantastic. I'm so excited for oh you and Michael. I think it's beautiful. I feel it's the end of the year. It's gonna be a little Christmas present for you. It's gonna happen. And I hope uh so. yeah.
1: I hope so. No, I love seeing you. I can't wait to be able to like see I you know. in
0: person. Give you a big hug. All right, thanks for allowing me to be inside of you again. Of course. Oh, wait, this is the first time. Says... This is the first time I was inside of you.
1: Yeah, yeah, first time, but not the last.
0: Not the last. All right. <laughs> I like Lance, don't you? He's a good guy. Yeah, he is. He's just, you know. I think it's it's funny when you look back and you see pictures of him, and he's he's a kid. He's a young kid. He gets a superstar. I don't know. I would have jumped off a roof. I couldn't. I could barely handle no success or a teenager. Medium success, man. I couldn't imagine being so young and just like people just launching themselves at you. That kind of success, I, I don't think it's a rarity. And I don't I don't know. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. But uh, he seems to have a good head on his shoulder. He found out who he is. You know, I mean, he, I think he always knew. It's like, you know, he talks about it. Yeah. But when you could find your soulmate and you can go, hey, you know, when he talks about dating, mm-hmm. like, I'm dating the wrong guys. And I'm like, well, you know, you date the wrong girls. And you're like, but this is my type. This is my type. And then one day you go, let's go against the type. Mm-hmm. And then you find it. Yeah, you find the one i think that's a beautiful story and uh, i always wish him the best and uh i'm bummed that he can't get me he texts me back i'm sorry they're not doing any tours for the brady bunch house i tried for you Mm. so fuck you lance you're a liar no uh man i'm so bummed i actually might call hgtv and just say dude i'll give a thousand bucks to charity maybe i could bring a, a a patron or a listener or whatever maybe like you know if i can get a hold of somebody and you know have a little little thing on my podcast like hey the winner you know if you're you know you'll come with me to the brady bunch house and people are like big deal (laughs) is is preston too young to uh (laughs) i don't think he'd know the brady bunch he'd be bored my good buddy preston shout out to preston christensen uh cheerleader uh music extraordinaire a uh, cancer survivor, he is. He is still uh, working at it, and it's in remission. And I love him. I love you, uh, you know, Preston. And I love the family, and I, and I can't wait to see you. This whole pandemic has screwed things over. And shout out to Food on Foot and um, helping the homeless. They need your help more than ever. Ronald McDonald House and the Animal Rescue Mission, of course. Shira, hopefully people will come and help. Okay, we're going to read the, uh, the patrons' names now. By the way, if you're hearing these names, you're like, what is this? Well, these are the top-tier patrons. If you go to patreon.com, they support the show in many great ways, and uh, they're the top tier. And part of that top tier is you get your name called off in the, uh, in the podcast. So it's a cool thing, and, I, and uh, I like saying the names. I hope they like hearing their names. So here they are. Nancy D., Mary B., Leah S., Trisha F., Sarah V., Lil Lisa, Yukiko, Mm-hmm. Where have you been, Yukiko? I miss you. Uh, hopefully I'll see you at the stage, at the next stage. It. Brian H, Lauren G, Jill E, Nico P, Angelina G, Robin S, Jerry Wood, Emily K, Bob B, Robert B, Jason W, Stephen J, Kristen K, not to be confused with Kristen. Crook. That's correct. Amelia O-O-O, Allison L-L, Tom N, Jess J, Lucas M, Raj Raj C. Raj. She. She. How I did that. Emily S. CJP. Samantha M. Hamza. Jennifer N, Jackie P. Stacy B. Carly T. Jennifer S. Janelle B. Carrie B. Tab the 272, not to be confused with. Tab with the 273. Kimberly E. Crystal H. Mike E. Marissa N. Ramira. Beth B. Chris F. Santiago M. Sarah F. Chad W. Lee N. P. Rachel. That's Rachel. We know. We know. Roshan. W. Ray A, Maya P, Maya P, Maya Ho, Megan D, Jennifer C, Maddie S, Tiffany I, Kendrick F, Ashley E, Margie M, Thomas T, Matt W, Belinda N, Benjamin R, Lisa J, Kevin V, Robert S, Mike W, James R, Chris H, Snow R, Noah K, Sean V, Osborne K, Osborne, Osborne, Osborne. We love you, Uh, and Dave H. And if you're listening to these names, um. Again, they're, they have joined Patreon. They're in the top tier. And then part of being on the top tier is that you get your name mentioned on the podcast. So there you go. Those were the, the patrons. I love you. Thank you for all the support. Uh, remember, go to the Inside of You online store if you want cool merch like uh, Ryan has, the towel, There's wine glasses now. I don't know how many are left. <laughs> I just saw you hit your mic. It's fine. It's fine. It's really Don't worry about it. Oh, it's fine. Anyway, this has been Grand. I, uh, I love you all. Thank you for listening. We got great episodes coming up. We got that uh, The Vow. Coming up in a few weeks, uh, uh, someone who, you know, lived it. If you don't know anything about it, you're going to want to hear it. It's an amazing story. And a lot of great guests. Kevin Smith coming up. Dak Shepard. We got uh, Bruce Campbell from the Evil Dead movies. Uh, So many great guests. Um, Another guest from the show, Psych. It's just, it's it's endless. Please keep listening. Please subscribe. And uh, I love doing this, and hopefully you like listening. Ryan, thank you. Thank you. Bryce, thank you. All right thank you for allowing me to be inside of each and every one of you until next time. Thank you. Goodbye.